Hello, everybody. This is Because It's There, a podcast about leadership, a podcast that reminds us that in spite of all our insecurities, where we are, where we come from, what other people say about us, we are all leaders. We're all capable of changing our world. We are all uniquely extraordinary. And being ordinary is a choice. And to remind us of that is a formidable leader, Diana Kangwa, talking about teamwork makes the dream work. I just want to say thank you, Sarah Komalo, for the work that you're doing uh, with uh, Because It's Their Podcast. There's a lot of people out here that are summiting their Everest because you have showed us how. So thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. And for the listeners out there, you're listening to Because It's Their Podcast, powered by Voma. Because It's There with Sarah Kumalo is proudly sponsored by Vuma. Connection lies at the heart of everything Vuma does. It drives important conversations, brings communities together, and creates opportunities for greatness. Connecting Africa's women empowers them to be extraordinary. And we are here to do that. Visit vumatel.co.za for more. To start off the conversation, we'll start with a simple question which Diana will fill in. Diana, welcome. And the question is, with hindsight of the last year, I have since changed my mind about how I view, complete that, and why. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on uh, Because It's Their podcast. The sentence, with hindsight of the last year, I have since changed my mind about how I view God. And here's why. I always knew God was with me and took care of me. But the last year, I've experienced him in intangible ways, uh, with reassurances that came to pass in unbelievable ways. And, and, and I can explain that by saying, you know, I would be in a situation um, that I had no idea how it would resolve itself. And I would have a dream. And the next morning or the next few days or in a month, things would just unfold that would uh, play out the reassurances that I had in that dream. So I think it's it's just been such a formidable experience um, and has changed my perspective completely about God in the last year. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It, it's clear that you have a special relationship with God, which is something that is needed when the world is shaking all around us. Let's go back to you and, and your upbringing. How would you describe the environment that you grew up in? And who would you say you take after looking at your life? Well, I grew up in a single parented home um, and uh, was raised by my mother. Um, she raised me and uh, my siblings. So she had seven uh, girls. and. Uh, my mother is the most hardworking person I know. And looking back at my life, um, my resilience, my determination, and the tenacity is really all her. That is interesting, and and I can 
attest to that, uh, how hardworking, how resilient, um, how she never seems to um, to say um, that anything is impossible. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I- I'm going to go to people power. Human beings have always been strategists in order to perpetuate the species and survive. Some of those strategies have been bad and others good. But when looking back at your experience to inspire people to achieve results in alignment with strategic business objectives, is there a silver bullet to do so or not? Well, Sarah, quite honestly, there's no silver bullet. Um, Different people have different strengths and different talents. And what helps me as a leader is the ability to spot who does what best and fit that capability into business objectives. And when these different people are put together, they give the desired um, strategic direction. It's something like no matter how brilliant the ear is, it cannot see. And, and no matter how spectacular the brain is, it needs the heart. Uh, if, we, if we had to take the human body as, as the analogy, it shows us the importance of teamwork. There's no competition in the body. And so for any strategy to be successful, teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely. I love that analogy, you know, so simple uh, and so obvious. And yet many times we forget about the value of uh, teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work indeed. When did you realize that you have the ability to lead and get people on the same page in your capacity as a business executive? Growing up, I seemed to always assume leadership roles, whether it was primary school as a class monitress or secondary school as a head girl or at church where I became a master guide at the age of 15. As I transitioned into the business world, I think it was a quiet uh, realization of the impact of my guidance and decisions and the feedback that came um, thereafter. So it wasn't like one moment. I think it, it has been a gradual, gradual process, really. That is interesting. It's interesting when you talk about your journey from primary school um, to secondary school and, and getting into the workplace. Did you just get into the workplace and you had people reporting into you? Did you have to report into somebody and transition into a leadership role? How was that journey for you? Interestingly, um, because I, I initially joined a telecommunications company as a, as a graduate engineer, and by virtue of being a graduate engineer, you already had um, like technicians and craftsmen reporting into you, and I was reporting into senior engineers. It's almost as if you automatically came and had some people that were looking looking up to you. And because of the experience I'd had growing up, I think it was very easy to to quickly pick up that there was a certain um, uh, level of influence that that I exuded in, in, in that environment. And it was strengthened by correct decisions and decisions that made life easier or work easier in that environment. So, so that's how I would um, describe that transition. It was being leader over small groups and, and with time, those teams started to grow.
You know, when we talk about climbing mountains, um, uh, like Everest, like I've done, there are these guides that help you to get to base camp and get to the top of the world. And, and they're called Sherpas um, in Nepal. And I would like to just use the analogy of a Sherpa on your journey. Who would you say has been the most important Sherpa or guide or coach on your journey um, to date? How did you come into contact with them? Honestly, God is and always has been um, the most important shepherd in my journey and was uh, introduced to me very early in life. Sometimes he allows himself to manifest in human beings and these have shown up at different times in my life, depending on what, um, what was needed. So speaking into what role they have played um, in, in, in my life and career, um, as I indicated earlier, my mother has influenced my life greatly around work ethics, um, resilience and determination. So she, she would uh, definitely be um, the, the, the very first shepherd I encountered. But um, if, I, if I may speak into my career, I think I can think of three shepherds. Um, the first was Mrs. Mutalechisela. Um, who saw potential in me when I moved from the telecommunications industry into the financial sector and uh, poached me into an IT management role when she moved organizations three years after we met. I think she was the first COO I served under and I was inspired um, by her leadership style. My second shepherd was uh, Mr. Johan Kluter, who took over after Mrs. Sela moved to another role. And uh, Johan believed in me when I asked to move from IT after delivering on all the challenging projects and feeling I was getting bored and I needed something exciting, something different. And I challenged him and said, send me into operations. And he had so much confidence. Even when I had zero experience, um, he allowed me to go for it. And this was because I needed my voice to be heard at the table and I felt operations was where this was most effective. Um, the last shepherd is um, a woman called Marhain Weisma, uh, who has guided my journey in self-rediscovery. She has always challenged me in uh, what else kind of questions. I think in my career life, those are the three shepherds I can think of. Wow. Thank you. I, I think it actually attests to the fact that we all need somebody um, to remind us of the strength that we have and to help us just a little bit as we move on from one success to the next. What role have these shapers specifically played in your life as opposed to your career? Do you use the same shapers for both or do you separate the two? I think my view of a shepherd is um, they, they don't just help you get to the top. Um, they ensure you are healthy as you get to the top. They ensure you are well, even as you come down from, from the top. So these three um, did influence my life quite significantly. And for, for Mutale, like I said, her leadership style, so how should interact with the teams has influenced how I interact with my teams. For Johan, how he did uh, trust me with something I didn't know of has influenced how daring I am with other aspects of my life and how trusting I am if the subordinates who are bold and want to try something different. Mahain is with me in a journey that I am very early uh, in 
And apart from how it's influencing my career now, I think my perspective on life um, has been impacted greatly also. So, so I think shepherds have a much bigger role than, than just specific items in, in one's life. This is a message from the sponsors of Because It's There. Hi, I'm Leanne Williams, Head of Marketing at Vuma. Through Vuma's work of connecting communities, my colleagues and I engage with people from all walks of life and we know the daily issues that they face. We also understand the roles that connection and connectivity play in driving real change. Connection creates communities. Connectivity creates opportunities for us to achieve greatness together. Visit vumatel.co.za to find out how unlimited access to connectivity can change your world. Let's contextualize Diana's world. More often than not, themes such as management, optimizing performance, governance are regarded as corporate speak. Do you think they serve a role as well in raising children within a home? Speak to us as a mother, a mother not of one, but of eight. Raising eight children totally requires management. Um, and as an example, um, delegation of authority is important. So older children are responsible for their younger ones. And if, if we were looking at how do we optimize performance, um, the star performers get rewarded. So when the, ch- uh, when the children were younger, the reward would be a day out um, for a meal or a movie. And now that they're much older, star performers get an opportunity to study abroad. As we know in, in any setup, you are as strong as your weakest link. So to encourage the slow learners, everyone would rally around how to best support them in understanding their work and including engagement of tutors as as extra support. In today's culture, corporate governance, if unchecked at home, uh, explains a lot of what has gone wrong with society. I introduced God and the love uh, for his ways early in the life of my children. And now, even as they grow older, I continue to encourage them not to stray from him uh, as in God, there is safety, and, and that's the best corporate governance I can think of. That is amazing. And, and I want to go back to your, you are an academic. I mean, you um, were a tutor at uh, Yunza, at the University of Zambia. You also lectured there. I believe until recently, you were still lecturing while holding a corporate job. Um, I want to go specifically to you uh, as a person that holds a master's degree in communication and information system from uh, Hangzhou University of Science and Technology, Hust in China. From your personal observation, what would you say is the difference in business values between Africa and the Far East from what you have seen? The Far East has more visionaries than we do. And the investment and planning that goes into that long-term view is beyond imagination. The Far East is more disciplined and has a stronger inclination to excellence than we see in Africa. 
their level of accountability to their systems is also something that Africa can learn from. I think those are some of the values I can quickly think about um, regarding the differences between the two continents. That, that is interesting. And, uh, and we, we see that a lot in some of their deliveries. Building operational systems can be adventurous, almost like gaming since it involves a lot of uh, prototyping and testing scenarios. How would you describe your adventure as a COO or a chief gamer, if I may call you that, of Zambia National Commercial Bank? Always something to learn, to unlearn, and to relearn. Very important to fail quickly and try again until you find what works. I think that's how I would sum up my experience uh, around gaming in this environment. Are you enjoying it? Is it something that you... I, I love it. <laughs> I love <laughs> I live for it. I love it totally. But I see that you've branched off from technology and you're doing a, a, a PhD in business. What has prompted that? So my pursuing a doctorate in business administration is just to hone into those skill sets that will give the right language to to the things that we're trying to achieve for the business using technology. Fantastic. I'm very passionate about female leaders, and I would like to pose a question in that regard. How would you see, um, you know, a, a root or how would an organizational culture be nurtured or be uh, built or set up to ensure the growth of new and upcoming female leaders? I think a start would be to have policies that deliberately require a certain percentage of females in management and senior management positions. And once they get in there, to ensure they're properly mentored and coached for leadership. Um, to have leadership training programs that insist a certain number of attendees should be female. In our seeking female leaders, we must ensure we find them, not only because they're female, but because they're capable. So I think once we have these policies in place, um, then it will start to get easier to actually grow that organizational culture around the female leaders. That is interesting. As somebody that um, started off with uh, primary school being number one, being uh, a monitress and then a head girl, um, you know, certain results, I believe, uh, at uh, grade seven, you were the best in the country at grade nine and so forth. What is your view of the value of a coach? Because if you look back, people that needed um, remedial classes, extra help, we're always people that were struggling. But when you get into corporate, there's this change where people are looking for coaches. How do you reconcile that? And what do you see as the value of coaches in young executives and senior executives for that matter? Wisdom comes with experience. So when we say people need to be mentored or people need to be coached, they are now sitting at the feet of people who've been through this journey before. And that's not something you learn in class. Um, 
it doesn't matter how many degrees you have you need someone that has gone through the ropes of your career or has had certain experiences that will add value that will give you insights that normally a class arrangement would not give so in in that way i i I think there's a richness, there's a wealth of wisdom that comes with these coaches, with these mentors that we cannot acquire in the degree programs or in, in um, secondary or primary education, as it were. And, and the last question from me, describe your best failure and how did it propel you forward? My best failure was failing to intercept an IT intrusion in good time. Um, and this cost the bank money and cost me the leadership over IT. And I'll explain to you why this was a failure that, that has stuck with me and has propelled me to go forward. Like you had alluded to, I've always been um, first in my class, um, whether it was in grade school or in high school or at, at university, um, well, I didn't graduate with distinctions, but I did graduate with merit. And for my master's in China, when people were dropping out, I was able to um, finish my master's with honors. So to not be able to foresee an intrusion and, and stop it before it got in um, was, was a very difficult thing for me to accept. And how this propelled me forward was a it forced me to start to ask myself who is diana outside her job because then i started to see it how it affected me so badly because diana was her job and her job was diana the the, the two were inseparable so it was very important for me that this happened because i needed to start redefining myself outside this achievements it was the beginning of a journey of self-discovery a journey that i still am on but has been such a powerful start that is unraveling qualities and giftings i never quite paid attention to before thank you thank you for sharing that and thank you for your time on because it's there um your insights have been valuable and i do hope that you continue to excel, you continue on this journey to success, and you continue to inspire young African women as you have been throughout your journey um, in uh, engineering as well as banking as a female leader. Thank, thank you so much, Sarah Kumalo. It's been such an honor. Keep doing what you're doing. You're inspiring so many of us out here. Because we can, we must. You have the opportunity to create the life you've always imagined when you have unlimited connectivity. Visit vumatel.co.za to check your coverage and get connected to an ISP.